This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Keep the conversation going off the air. Your voice matters. Email feedback at AMI.ca or connect with us on Twitter at AMI-audio and let us know what you think about our programming. This is Double Tap Canada. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call or text us at 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet at Double Tap Canada. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. Oh, hello. Yes, welcome once again to Double Tap Canada. Good to be a company today. Hope you're all well. Uh, oh, do you know what? We are so excited this week here at Double Tap Canada. Yes, the Double Tappers are excited because Apple held another event. Woohoo! Uh, I've got Sean Priest with me. Are you excited, Sean? No, not at all, but I know you are. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. Uh, Mark Aflalo, are you excited? I'm this always week? excited. I am, I am uh, elated. <laughs> Well, we're going to get into why we're all excited, because, yes, they did launch some new Mac products, and if, if I'm honest with you guys, it was a kind of a weird event. Yeah. I mean, it was a... I don't know how to really feel about it, but at the same token, as always with Apple events, I want to spend money. <laughs> I'm surprised I think that was you haven't yet. Yeah. Wasn't it when my text was a "How dare they make me spend more money?" I know, <laughs> I know. I, I just don't know what to buy. So, look, we're going to get into all this uh, this week. Plus, we've got your feedback coming as well, and uh, we have a special guest with us, Ooh. guys. Yeah, Ooh, special. I love when we get special. Yes, yeah, very special guest. Yes. Uh, look, let's bring her in just now. We can do that. I know that we're supposed to go to break, and there was a whole kind of format to this. But nah, who well, cares about break, rules? Breaking here? the yeah. rules. We're rebels. Yeah, exactly. Shelley Brisbane's here. Hello, Shelley. Hello, you're wild men, breaking the format already. Uh, well, it's not the first time. It's great to be here. I think we should just call the format broken. I think that's probably the easiest way yes. to, to do it. Guys, right, so guys there's, there's a lady here. We have to be on our best behavior now. Oh, no. No, it's yeah. Shelley. No, it's Shelley. We're fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, for those who don't know uh, Shelley, uh, what, tell us all about yourself. You know, Give us your audio CV, Shelley. Well, that's going to break the format for sure because it'll take a while. I <laughs> I do a number of podcasts. I do one called uh, Parallel, which is about the intersection of technology and accessibility, something you guys know about a little bit. And then I do another one called Mac Accessibility, which is even more specific than that, all about <laughs> Macs and accessibility. And then I uh, write about iOS, uh, and I will just be on any show where they'll have me. Wait, that doesn't sound right at all. Uh, I, I do a lot of podcasting. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, we, we love having you because, uh, yeah, you do know a lot about Macs in particular, and uh, that was why we thought you'd be a great guest this week on the show because that's what Apple launched this week. So, look, well, let's take a quick break. We'll go come back, and we're going to get into I know we're taking a break early, Mark. I'm sorry, but let's. we've got so much to get into, and I don't want to cut Shelley off. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back back and uh, we'll discuss all of Apple's big announcements next here on Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. 
Yeah, you can call that number, 844-971-1999. You can also text that number as well, and you can drop us an email. As uh, the lovely lady says, uh, you can email us feedback at ami.ca. We do love getting your feedback, and we'll get to that feedback uh, that you've uh, dropped us already a bit later on today's programme. But let's talk about... What is being called on the Apple website the future of Mac? Um, yes, the Mac is back, and this time it's armed. That's terrifying. Oh, actually, no, that actually, that's good. Like, that's, that's oh, good. No, that's well done. Oh, this is the example you're giving to Shelley. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Shelley. Um, look, so they announced three new hardware products. Um, I'm intrigued to know your sort of top, you know, if we were to put them in order, we got a new MacBook Air, we got a new MacBook Pro, and a new Mac Mini launched. And of course, the big news was the, the process that was built in. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, let's be honest, we're all interested in the toys here. Uh, Shelley, what are you going to buy? <laughs> well, what I'm going to buy and what I think is the most important announcement are, are probably different because just because mm-hmm. of where my own Macs are right now, I'm most likely to buy a Mac Mini, although I think the MacBook Air is the most interesting one. So yeah. we'll take whichever one of those you like. Okay, well, let's Mac go around Mini the table. Is, yeah. Yeah, let, let's go around the table on this one. Mark, uh, wh- where are you then? Oh, just in, on, uh, in terms of, uh, they're all the same to me, I mean, except they're wrapped in a different package. Um, Absolutely. I guess price point-wise, because I want to play with this, and I don't think I'm going to take the device too seriously just yet, I'm probably going to go with with a Mac Mini as well. Okay, all right. Sean, I th- I'm guessing you're going to go the same way, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, it's purely on price. Until we know what the difference is, because they're all running the same chip. So is there a mm. performance difference? What is the difference between an Air and a MacBook Pro and the Mini? But, you know, from a, a entry point of view, the price, it's got to be the Mac Mini for me. Yeah, and I'm the same. I mean, I'm thinking exactly the same. 699 US dollars for a Mac Mini. It's not a lot, well, it is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money to drop on, uh, maybe it is a lot of money to drop on a toy. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I drop Apple so much money on silly Apple products, I've got no idea what's <laughs> what's real anymore. Um, Shelley, let's talk a bit about the, the actual hardware inside the Mac, because that's really what everyone's focusing on. And for those who don't know, I, I like to... I like to think this show helps answer the questions to people who aren't the geeks, you know, aren't the ones who are, you know, following this to every letter of the the law. Um, you know, I like to kind of explain this to people, mainly because I don't understand it, and I hope that someone will come on and explain it to me. And Shelley, this week, that's your job. Oh, God. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah I, no pressure. But, you know, sure. ARM processors is what we're talking about here. Instead of Intel processors, the brain of the machine now is no longer in Intel, it's Apple's own Apple Silicon hardware. So what, what does that mean for the Mac? Well, it means that, first of all, the hardware is designed specifically for the Apple platform. They've been building chips for the iPhone and iPad for years, and this is a follow-on to it. It's the first one for the Mac. But they've optimized the operating system specifically for this platform instead of having to say, oh, well, here's an Intel chip. Let's write software that works for it. In theory, that should also make things less costly and less prone to mistakes. Certainly an issue with Intel that they had was they were waiting for Intel to update their processors, and they had to wait a while. And that actually had a negative effect on the previous generation of laptops because they didn't get the chips that they needed. So they have a lot more control. And then the chips themselves, because it's it's Apple Silicon, it's low power, high efficiency, all that stuff – will allow them, hopefully, to 
provide more computers that don't require cooling systems like the MacBook Air, which has no fan. So that's pretty awesome. Not that it does not necessarily follow from the fact that they're building their own chip, but it's a it's a nice side benefit for them. And just so folks get the terminology straight, Apple Silicon is what they're calling what used to be ARM processors, and then the M1 is the specific chip that it is is in all of the new Macs that were announced this week. Okay, so that's the hardware side of it. So essentially, what we're talking about here is better performance and less power consumption, presumably. Well, that's the theory, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I think I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to assume that there's better power consumption, and it's probably fair to say that there's better performance. Apple always throws out these selectively plucked statistics. They're not known to be wrong about that, but it's like we're 95% faster than the blue one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. And so I, I always take those statistics with a grain of salt, but pretty soon we'll have... Geekbench stats out there. And keep in mind that developers have had this processor available to them in in Mac Mini development units for a while, and they haven't been able to talk about them. But my guess is there's going to be a flurry of commentary pretty soon about, yeah, this is our experience. There was a very exuberant developer video in the Tuesday event where developers, of course, with Apple's encouragement, we're very excited about it, but it'll be interesting to see what the commentary says about what the M1 chip is actually like to develop for. Now, guys, presum- presumably this this chip is the same um, or just a variation or renaming of the, I guess, A14 that we're seeing now in the current iPhones, right? I think so. Yeah. It, they haven't said that explicitly, but like the iPhone chip... It's got onboard GPU graphics. It's got the neural engine in there. They made a big point of this sort of four-pronged uh, chip architecture where you have the the CPU, the integrated graphics, the neural engine, and then the security enclave. So it's like all in one little package, yeah. and that's very much what the iOS Bionic uh, chips are doing. The, the thing that kind of throws me, guys, is that you know in most Apple events, it's it's all about what they say, but a lot about what they don't say. In this event, it's all about what they are not saying, I think, that is, <laughs> is, is making me wonder, is, are we all just beta testers of this, of this new you know, architecture? Yeah, and we're well, paying for we it. We're paying for the privilege. Yeah, we're going to buy, buy into the beta test. Yeah, yeah but you could the, say that for any Gen Zero device. You know, look at the first Apple Watch. You know, it was clunky to say the least. But they, but they were more upfront about it. You know, they were talking about the fact that you know these are these are the benefits and this is why you're going to buy it. With this, there's so much unknown. Like what you know, if you look at the specs side by side, literally of the MacBook Air, the 13 inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, the specs are identical minus like screen brightness. Okay, on, yep. on 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 some of the laptops and some ports. The the only there's only one variation in the specs. I actually spent a lot lot of time on the spec sheets yesterday for another show, and I was reading spec sheets live, which is clearly a very exciting <laughs> podcast. But the lowest end MacBook Air has one less GPU core, and okay. I was like, wait, what? Why? why? I don't even yeah, understand why? that. Yeah. And it's probably so, there; it's just not active for some reason, right? Right, it's, exactly. It's, and then the other differences are things like ports, like the, the Mac Mini has a bunch of ports and neither the MacBook Pro or the MacBook Air have ports. The memory configurations are almost identical. I mean, I will say that they had to start somewhere, and it's better that they started with lower-end products like the Air and the Mini. I'm frankly surprised they did a Pro as well. Yeah. And that Pro is so similar. Like, I don't really get Fan, I, you know, why... I, my feeling, honestly, I think, sorry to interrupt you, is that, is that we're going to see various levels of overclocking. 
various levels depending on how they can cool the device. So on the, on the Air, it's going to be, you know, standard kind of just run of the mill. On the Pro, because there's a fan in that enclosure, they're going to be able to overclock that chip to a certain degree yeah. as much as they can cool it. And then on the Mac Mini, even more so. So that's where we're going to see, I think, a performance difference. What kind of puzzles me, guys, is is a max of 16 gigs RAM. That's interesting. Why? What are the limitations that are blocking that? And also, why less ports? Is that you can't support more Thunderbolt ports on these devices? If you look at the the Mac Mini Intel versus the Mac Mini on Apple Silicon, um, there's less ports. So why is that? There's a reason that's going on. And there was something you said like to me earlier, Mark. We were having a conversation about this earlier uh, when we were planning all this. Yes, we do plan this show sometimes. And... Um, it was interesting. You you picked up on this that the the Thunderbolt name is licensed by Intel. I didn't know that. Yeah, they they created the Thunderbolt. The whole the um, not the platform. What's the word? But the, I guess the uh, the standard. The standard. Thank you. They mm. created this the standard, and so it's licensed from Intel, which is so there is still some third party stuff going on 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 these boards. So, but what are the limitations? Like, there's obviously some kind of limitation that's saying. No more than 16 gigs RAM and and no more than X amount of ports. Is it because they're limiting the number of Thunderbolt buses? I know on other laptops we used to have a, a, a Thunderbolt bus on the left side and a Thunderbolt bus on the right side. So you'd have to kind of balance things out. There's a lot of stuff that we're not being told that we will find out, you know, when we get all the, you know, teardowns and, and Geekbench scores. I think we're going to find this out in the next couple of weeks. But, I mean, if you look at the software side of things... You know, I'm definitely not going to be jumping on board because Adobe is not yet supporting fully uh, all their applications, and I'm an Adobe guy. So unless you're, you know, just using Apple products or just using iOS products that you'll be able to to use on these devices, I think there's going to be a limited run of these over the first, you know, first couple of months until more and more people get on board and support it. I will also say that... There's an interesting side to this from what's available because you know if we if we think of this as a day one product, it's kind of strange that they've launched it where I think except for one Mac Mini model and for a couple of MacBook Pro models, it's all now silicon. It's all Apple silicon. So if I want to buy a MacBook Air today, I can't buy an Intel one now. That's it. They're gone, and I find that interesting. Considering we, but you we can are still that. buy Intel-based MacBook Pros and Mac Correct. Minis. They're really expensive, especially the MacBook yeah. Pros. It's really weird if you look at this. It's amazing that they're still there. And they've actually physically arranged the spec page in such a way that I missed it the first time that there were Intel options. There's a tab at the button at the top that functions as a tab. And I, I missed it the first time I saw it. And then I clicked it. The... In, even though the MacBook Pros are, they and they said they're in the same physical package and they weigh the same amount, the screen spec, not that we care an awful lot about that, but the screen spec for the older Intel MacBook Pros indicates that it has a bigger display. So I'm a little puzzled about that, oh. too. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah, I, I don't get I don't get it. <laughs> By the way, when you're listening to this show, um, you can still, if you want to, you know, run out to your Best Buys and your Costco's of the world and still get those Intel MacBook Airs. Before they pull yeah. them off the shelves, but I would order real quick. But that, but that's the thing because the MacBook Air is classed as that you know most common entry point for a lot of people who buy Mac. If you buy a MacBook, you're probably more likely to buy a MacBook Air. Obviously, if you're a creative, you'll buy a Pro, um, and you know the server farms are, are full of Mac Minis. Uh, but you know MacBook Airs are very popular, so it just seems odd that they've kind of 
ditched all the Intel options. It does show that they're serious about this. Obviously, they are. Nobody's denying that this is where they want to go. But it's what will that experience be like? And, you know, when I think about that, it makes me now think, actually, and, you know, who am I to change my mind on a fairly regular basis? Hmm. Uh, but, you know, I was starting the show thinking I want a Mac Mini. Now I'm thinking I want a MacBook Air because there must be something good about it to make me want to have one. Uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the apps side of this. Mark, I know you've been sort of genning up on a lot of this over the past day or so. What, what is going to be able to be run on this? What can we do with it? Well, I mean, obviously, to start, it's going to be everything from, you know, Big Sur, which is their latest operating system, to anything that Apple creates. So whether that's Final Cut, that's Logic, Mail, Safari, all, everything they create is obviously going to be supported. There's a bunch of other companies like OmniGraffle that have announced that their apps are going to be supported. They're going to be what they call universal apps. They're going to work on Intel, and they're mm-hmm. going to work on, on the M1 chip. Um, but companies like Adobe, you know, they say they're going to have a version of Lightroom available next month, but things like Photoshop, and that's the only one they mentioned, um, is going to be available only next year. Now, I did reach out to some people over at Adobe as kind of saying, okay, now that you know, the cat's out of the bag, what is the real roadmap here going forward? But they have not yet answered that question. And I think a lot of people don't have the answer to that question yet because they're not 100% sure what, you know, what they have at their disposal in terms of development. So I think this is why the MacBook Air being this kind of beta ground or this this entry point is a natural because anybody buying a MacBook Air isn't necessarily someone who's a, a quote-unquote power user. Mm-hmm. They're using sure. the web. They're using Apple's software. They're not really going into third-party stuff. However, the, the coolest thing, I think, honestly, guys, across the board, and I said this when they first teased Apple Silicon, is that we know that we're going to be able to run iPhone and iOS and iPadOS apps on the Mac natively. You'll be able to just open an app and like Facebook or whatever it is, you'll be able to use it on the Mac, which is pretty uh, cool. Not quite. No, not quite. This is Ooh. the problem. It's because a number of these apps are being pulled, so you can't put them on the uh, the Mac. That's the problem. So, you know, Facebook, for example, WhatsApp, any of their essentially associate apps will be pulled, so you won't be able to put them onto your Mac. Well, they say they're not going to be available in the Mac App Store, However, yeah. I, be- I believe there's going to be a way for you to still be able to use those on that architecture. But he- here's here's what I'm really saying. What I'm really saying is, if it's compatible with an iPad or or you know any of their existing non Mac products, it could work on the Mac. Okay, so that's interesting. But what they're not mm-hmm. talking about, and what no one is talking about, is what about the other way around? So if if you're telling me that um, an app that's built for an iPad can run on this no problem with no modifications, then theoretically you're also telling me that you could take a program like Final Cut and run that on an iPad. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's right. But they're not talking about that, and I think a lot of pros out there are going, wait a second, I want Final Cut. I want lot. I want these things to work on my iPad because you're telling me that my iPad is as powerful as my Mac and vice versa. So, yeah, but let's so be honest. Gimme, that, gimme. This is this is a fusion that we're heading towards where you know the MacBook Air will become the MacPad. I've said it for years. <laughs> it'll be called the MacPad, and it'll cost a million dollars, and it will, you know, be the best machine you've ever bought, uh, because you know that will have everything in it. That will be the fusion. It will be a touchscreen Mac. You'll be able to put your keyboard on it. Use your pencil. Who uses a fake Apple news? Pencil? No, yeah. it's not fake news. It's going to happen. And it'll be called MacPad. I am putting my stake in the ground now. Uh, 
for for you though, Sean, you've got a Mac Mini there, and you don't actually use the Mac side of it very often. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, guys. It's terrible. Sean is an idiot, but um, you know he uses it boot camped, uh, and I don't think you can do that anymore with these Mac Minis. No, probably or not. Any not of until well, no, exactly, not on an ARM processor until that is uh-huh. the. Uh, the Hackintosh uh, community get their hands on it, then maybe they can do something with that. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, you, you will be able to run Windows on it, I'm assuming, in some sort of virtualization uh, you know, environment, such as VMware or Parallels. So, I think Parallels um, has already announced support for it. Yeah. I yeah. don't know about VMware. Well, that's good. It, yeah, n- so not, not VMware, then? I don't know about VMware. I had heard that they hadn't, but I'm going to say I don't know because I don't. (laughs) No, the reason I ask that is because I know that VMware is more accessible than Parallels. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So I don't care about Parallels, Shelley. And stop bringing up your podcast. Oh, I see. It's a software. <laughs> I see. Right. It's all about well, branding. Well, great. Now yeah, she's not coming back. Another one yeah. on the list. That's right. Well done, Stephen. <laughs> Cross that off. Um, well, we're so rowdy today. <laughs> but the point is, you are going to be able to access Windows on Mac hardware, even if it is running the Apple Silicon in some way, at least. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see, as, as Mark said, about Big Sur running on something like an iPad. I mean, there is no reason why that shouldn't be able to happen. Are we moving towards now that we're going to get one operating system no, for I think all these? They've been so vocal about the fact that you're never going to see a touchscreen Mac and that you're never going to see these ecosystems um, um, merge. I don't, yeah. you know, I think that's a line. I think that might be, you know, something because they, they don't envision it yet. They're not, not thinking down that road, but you can't. You have to assume that a company like Apple is definitely thinking way further ahead than that. Yeah, yeah. see, I think they they have they are absolutely going to merge, and it's not that they aren't thinking about it; it's that they know it's a long way away. Which mm. is why you see demos with iOS apps in Windows on Macs, and not look. You can run your iOS app natively. You know, it's not it. it they they know enough not to. You know, people are going to try it. People are going to do all sorts of things. And I have all sorts of questions about what's the experience of running an iOS app on a Mac going to be like from an accessibility point of view. Because despite the fact that VoiceOver has the is named, the screen reader is named the same on the Mac and the iOS platform, they're very different pieces of software. So how's that going to work? But I, I think yeah. Apple is just being very realistic about saying, yeah, this is where we're going. We're giving you as much of a roadmap as a company like Apple ever gives you. But we're not going to promise you something that isn't realistic right now or probably even in the two years it's going to take them to finish the Apple Silicon hardware transition. I wonder, I mean, is there something here in the way that people buy Mac hardware that gives Apple a bit of a chance to, to muck around here? You know, they're having a bit, of a, a bit of fun here. Just like chuck everything out. Let's start again with this new... Apple never have fun. It's not No, fun. no, of course they do. Have you seen that building they're in? That's it. That's <laughs> I, w- I would love... To get one of those little mobility scooters and have a shot around that campus, you know, the Smash big through bit. every glass door. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, going to say right. every 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 doorway, every ten feet, you're going to be stuck at a door <laughs> somewhere. If I can wear some Apple glass that would help me avoid all the glass doorways. Yeah, yes, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. smart smart mobility scooter. See, that's it. Yeah, get your lidar out. Lidar on the scooter. I like it. Yeah, that's the answer. Um, but no, I mean, I, I would just love to to see who's going to buy this, you know, because if people, but like I say, I think people will almost forgive apple if this isn't a great iteration of macs because i don't think a huge amount of people are going to go out and buy this i'm just guessing but you know the, the developers are going to buy the mac minis because it's a great entry point for them they can develop their apps on it and it'll do the job um i tempt i'm tempted to think that the mac 
book air is going to be the winner of this i don't know who's going to buy the pro because especially from a spec point i mean the fact that the chip is exactly the same um does the beg pro a few is questions weird. it's yeah, it's got too few one. ports it's it's not it's not sufficiently higher in spec but it's I always mean, the, the too few ports that's the problem it, yeah but the last one had four and this one has two and so mm. it's it's just crazy so that's got one be of a them is issue on this i guess so but it's it's really puzzling and because they haven't yet announced various iterations of the m1 which i guess they'll eventually get to but i think it's smart for them to kind of keep it flat right now the pro really doesn't make much sense unless you just have an old computer and need a new one and even then it's like well why not get, get the, air. the air yeah 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 it'd be cool to see you know if if instead of having iterations of this processor i mean they already do in terms of you know calling it the a14z a14q whatever they want to call it if that if they just at least were upfront about you know the, the how they're going to be clocking it differently you know it's going to be on the macbook air it's the m1 base on the macbook pro it's the m1 clock to i don't know 5 gigahertz and then on the on the on the Mac Mini, it'll be, you know, clocked to who knows what. But at least give us some kind of transparency there. But we'll, we'll learn. We're going to know this in a couple of weeks, guys. Yeah, but don't you think it's strange that we don't learn that at the event? You know, the, here, here's three devices, and essentially what you're telling us is they're all the same. You know, maybe one's got a fan and a different port or slightly different screen. This one's got a touch bar. But performance-wise, we have no idea. And that is strange to me, especially when you're talking about an Air and a MacBook Pro. You know, we're talking pro here. Not to know what those specs are or what the uh, clock speed of a CPU is. I don't know. That seems strange to me. They focus less on specs than they usually do. They mention price at the end, as they usually do. But usually before that, you get, well, with the MacBook Pro, you get more state-of-the-art ports, blah, blah, blah. And they mentioned mm. it, but they were very much spending their time on, isn't the M1 chip awesome? And they yes. weren't really yeah. talking about... <laughs> what the differentiators for buyers are. And yeah, I, I, I wonder who's going to buy it. And I kind of wonder what story they're going to try and tell customers who are not, you know, geeks and developers and like that. This is faster. At net, right now, they can say it's less expensive, especially the Air and the Mini. I mean, you can say, look, you can get into, I can get you into a MacBook Air for under $1,000, which is still a pretty compelling story when you're talking about Apple products. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I was building some IKEA furniture this week, and I have an analogy here, by the way, just if you want to put an alarm noise in, because that people like to know this is coming. Um, you know, I was building some IKEA furniture, and I forgot to put a couple of screws in one side, and I'm thinking maybe that's what happened here. You know, they've been so busy focusing on the, the the software and getting that processor right, and shoving all those cores in and doing whatever it is they do. I'm very technically minded, you can understand. Well done. Uh, that, they, that they've forgotten to put those Thunderbolt ports on the other side. That's that's all it is. They've just forgotten. Don't get it right. Oh, uh, Bob! Bob is going to be fired in hardware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you forgot the ports. Did you see that? Oh my God! Can someone uh, add this in post production? <laughs> they had all those product managers in those giant empty labs and it's because bob hasn't been to work in months bob's at home because of the pandemic and he's at home he's locked in who is in charge of the four who is in charge of the extra ports anybody anybody he forgot to take them home with them nobody should have just mailed them they're on his desk (laughs) they're in transit they're in transit could someone photoshop those in no photoshop doesn't work yet on this (laughs) (laughs) 
let's talk about Macos Big Sur because that's the other big announcement. Uh, kind of got kind you know buried a little bit, one, didn't we? Buried the lead there, yeah. yeah. Um, what is it? The eleventh of December? It's due out. Twelfth, twelfth, twelfth. Today, uh, the eleventh, twelfth. Uh, now, now, when you're listening oh, to so the show, yeah, this I get mixed up here. It says eleven, twelve, where I am. So here, that means eleventh of. No, December. it's, December. The, it's yeah. November, November the 12th. It's available now. Because right. they, they, because Americans do the date backwards. Yes, I know, we it's do. strange. Stop that, Shelley. I am not Stop responsible for it, but we do. <laughs> can, can you speak to I'll, someone I'll about that? I'll tell the authorities that we need to change. Shelley, you're here to represent all Americans. So uh, after a break, oh, I'm sure we'll talk okay. about the election, okay? I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are, you ha- are you happy or sad about, because uh, this conversation ends or continues based on the answer to this. Are you, you know, happy or save, save, the, the, save the question for like, you know, 30 oh. seconds left. Right, okay, right. That right, way we fine, can hang up on her if we need it's to. It's right. amazing. <laughs> okay, excellent. Uh, but let's talk about Big Sur because this is out now, yeah, as I've just learned, uh, because I don't know how to read dates. Um, Shelley, what's, what's your big takeaway on this? Because I, I guess the question we're going to be asking ourselves is, what's the new accessibility features going to be like? And, of course, now we can add on the layer of, and how will those accessibility features run on silicon? Yeah, I think the two big issues, one that I alluded to earlier, are when you're talking about putting iOS apps into a macOS environment, what does that mean for voiceover and accessibility? And I don't know the answer to that. The other is how different Big Sur looks visually. So from a low vision point of view, what's the experience going to be like? I haven't been running the betas. I have had all I can do to run the iOS 14 betas. So I am not the best person to talk to about Big Sur. And frankly, I have some concerns about it. And Apple, in the conversations that I've had adjacent to them have have not really given a lot of clarity on it and there are people who know a good deal more about it than I do but I think that question of what the sort of experience of moving around between iOS and macOS is going to be like for a voiceover user and also a voice control user for that matter because that's another feature that's on both platforms mm. uh, is is kind of an unknown at this point you know I could talk about the visual aspects of it and it is um, it is a flatter experience in terms of the overall interface um, around more rounded corners visually more transparency things on things like control center um Ooh. you know control center on the previous versions yeah the, we can mute you um <laughs> control center on the previous version you know would take up the whole sidebar of the screen now it just kind of hovers over the top um so, so visually i think that um you know people with low vision are going to have a similar experience to what they have now which is just kind of a flat interface but on the accessibility side yeah, they're not talking much about it and i and you know they always say that they rebuild these the software from the ground up but then you use it and you're like, it doesn't really seem much different. Nothing's acting <clears throat> different to me. Um, but I've been trying to convince Stephen to install the beta for months now. And he's just... <laughs> Come on, Stephen. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what'll be interesting yeah. is if you're a voiceover user, because voiceover for iOS, I would argue, is better developed. But that's based yes. on it being a touchscreen operating system. So if you're a Mac user... Do you want the iOS version of an app or do you want the Mac version of an app? And are you going to make that decision based on accessibility? I also think, uh, especially given the changes in Big Sur visually, that as a low vision person, I might be eager to stay on the iOS side because I am comfortable with the way low vision tools work in iOS. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about iOS because I I guess (laughs) part of me wonders if the experience of using an iOS app is similar on a Mac and it's really good, why wouldn't you just use the iPhone? Why would you need to have that experience on the Mac? I understand you can do other things, but if you're only buying the Mac to essentially get that experience with voiceover on the Mac, 
well, you may as well just use your phone. You know, it's it's like it just makes no sense that you would want to to do that. Well, I mean, there there are an awful lot of people who have Macs. So if you're, you're talk- I guess the question is, would you upgrade to Big Sur? Is there any benefit to that? Mm. If say you want to operate iOS apps in a Mac environment, file management is still better on the Mac. I, the question is totally fair about would you buy a new Mac if you are not a Mac user already, especially with that MacBook, you know, your MacPad or whatever you want to call it. I mean, the real decision for a MacBook Air is do you buy a MacBook Air or do you buy an iPad? And because the iPad Pro is really similar to the MacBook Air experience, if you put it put it in a keyboard case, it, it might as well be a MacBook Air. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I must admit, I think when it comes to, to for, well, for blind people, I don't speak for everyone. That may shock you, but I don't. I think that I would say a MacBook Air would be a better option than an iPad. Um, I'll probably get kicked back on that one, but I, that's what I think because I've I found that the, I don't know your experience, Shelley, but for me, the iPad voiceover experience is not as good as the experience on an iPhone. And I think it's down to, because they are different. There are different keystrokes. There are different commands. Sorry, um, an iPad between an iPhone, you said? Yeah, so if, if I was choosing between an iPad and an iPhone, I would choose yeah. a, an iPhone. But would I choose between a MacBook and an iPad, I would choose a, a MacBook. I mean, I right. think it depends on, there are a lot of people, and I'm not one, there are a lot of Braille users who are Braille screen input users. And mm. so for them, the size of the screen might actually matter, whether you use an iPhone or an iPad. Yeah. You're right that there are interface differences on the iPad in, in terms of voiceover. I don't know that they would make, I, I mean, I, as, as somebody who's low vision, I'm actually wanting to look at the screen. Weird, huh? Uh, and so I like the having more real estate <laughs> on the iPad. I never work on my phone. I don't even like to browse the web on my phone. I do it, but I don't really like it. But I can. I see your point. Like if you're not using Braille screen input, if you're not really interacting with the screen, some of the complexity of the iPad and the way it does multitasking is a little bit confusing for... But this is why I'm so glad you're here this week because I think this is the, the side of the argument we don't often bring because... You know, Sean and I both use screen readers, so we do feel differently about this. I would, I would probably rather browse the web on my phone using VoiceOver than have yeah. to go through the hassle on the web if I had to. Uh, and if I am going to do it on the web, I'd, well, I'd have to do it visually, and it would be with an iPad uh, because that's the only way I could get close enough to the screen. On a PC or a Mac, it's just not as much fun. Um, it just seems a bit more laborious, whereas I can get to the answer a lot quicker on an iPhone with a keyboard or an iPad up close. So, again, it depends on your level of vision, and everybody's different. You know, That's so what's everybody's great about having those options, because I, I yeah, love exactly the iPad right. for that reason. I have the iPad suspended on a stand uh, right here next to me, and if there's a clamp on the desk and it has an arm and the iPad hangs from it, I can get the monitor at exactly the height I want. I can have the keyboard completely separate from the iPad at exactly the location I want. I can't do that with a laptop. Using laptops in, in coffee shops and all those places where people like to use laptops yeah. and be romantic <laughs> about it is super hard for me yeah, as a low totally. vision person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're so right. And it just doesn't, it's not the same because you've always got an ear pod sticking out of your ear at some point <laughs> and hoping the connection doesn't go or the battery doesn't die. Or, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay, look, uh, really interesting products. I, I I just wonder, going back to my other question, who is going to buy 
these Macs. I, you, you know, I mean, you, what, me, Shelley, Mark. and Sean. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, and who else? Is they that just sold four. They Apple just sold four. <laughs> Yay, four are done. Uh, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this. You can get in touch, leave us a voicemail, or drop us a text, 844-971-1999. Uh, you can also email us feedback at ami.ca. You can listen to past episodes of the show there as well. Check the podcast out. We're on podcast. We're podcast, people. Uh, you can search for wherever you get your podcasts uh, on an internet near you. Search for Double Tap Canada. Uh, we'll be back with your feedback next. If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Marka Flalo every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at ami.ca slash Double Tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. Uh, we get so much feedback in, and I love going through it. This email that we get first uh, from Lexus, who got in touch with us, it just made me smile today, Mark. Greetings from the Midwest of the United States. About a year ago, I gave your podcast a listen. Hope she listened again uh, and found it in unenjoyable. Is that really unenjoyable? The, uh, yes. Enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me then, but I absolutely love the show. Now you guys are funny. You know what? I know what's different. Uh, you guys are funny and helpful beyond measure, and I appreciate Shelley's the work here. you do. Uh, I'm visually impaired and use large, a very heavy Optilex CCTV on my desk to read and enlarge my phone screen. Can you recommend something smaller, perhaps even portable? A 12-inch or so screen would be ideal. I already have a 5-inch handheld device and would like something larger with a stand. In case you missed it, you guys are great. Thanks ever so much. I mean, I know what changed. I mean, Shelley's yeah, enjoyable. Right. I like that. We changed the I'm email enjoyable. address for a while. Maybe, maybe that was, <laughs> the email, yeah, it was definitely the email address. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take credit. It makes me happy. I'm going to take credit. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I mean, thank this is you, actually Western like, listener. There you go. See, you've brought America with you. That's good. You're a uniter, not a divider, Shelley. That's the key point. Um, that's what everybody says about me. Yeah, um, that's a good question for you actually, because I know you you talk a lot about low vision. I know that's something that you're you're interested in um, a lot because you're low vision yourself. So yeah, is this so, something you could help? so magnifying the phone? That's an interesting one. So so the twelve inch magnifiers that are out now, a lot of them actually based on tablets and things like that. So you have, interestingly enough, a, like uh, a, a humanware makes one that's based on an Android tablet, and there are some that are based on iPads. So it'd be sort of amusing, I suppose, to put your phone under a, a tablet-based system to look at it. Mm. Uh, I know Optelec has a 10-inch one. So if you want something that's a lot less high profile and it's portable, there's a 10 I can't remember the product name I'm, I apologize but it's basically just a 10 inch electronic magnifier and I liked it because it sits at about a 45 degree angle it's not you know a big flat thing that you have to have a table for or anything and you could just put your phone behind it so that that might be an option for you but if you get up to 12 inch you're talking about tablet based things and then you're going bigger than that you're talking about like big old LCD monitors and stuff the one that came to mind for me was the Connect 12 from Humanware. That's the one I was... Yeah, that's the Android one I was thinking of. Yeah, and that, that's an interesting one because it is, it, it, first of all, it's portable, 
which is good. You can flatten the whole thing up and take it with you, but it also sits in a stand. So I guess one of the issues that Lexus is having is holding the phone whilst holding the magnifier or putting the phone down and holding, you know, that, and that's not much fun to do, right? So, yeah, I think something like the Connect 12 is good. Um, you might need to remortgage your house, though, Lexus. Uh, $3,495 Canadian. Is that with the external camera? Because my memory no. is that that has a camera that goes with it. So if you don't buy that, maybe you can save $500. You can, yeah, because it's 3995 with the oh, camera. Oh, dear. I think it's gone oh. up. Oh, my goodness. My memory was it was like 2500 I reviewed that a couple of years ago. But. Well, this is Canadian, so maybe U.S. dollars well, is different. But Canada's um, different. Canada's different, yeah. But no, 3495 is what you're looking to pay. So if, you, if you've picked yourself up off the floor, Alexis... Um, then uh, that is what you'll probably want. Or they'll let Optelec. I mean, these these are the kind of... And what's good as well is, I mean, obviously, using it for your phone is good. Um, I'd be tempted to say, have you considered turning on Zoom um, on the phone, using magnification on the Zoom, uh, on, on the iPhone, rather than using a tablet to read it? But Sean, even I mean, then, if, if, if you're looking at a 12-inch magnifier, mm. uh, I don't think, you know, trying to use Zoom on a... Um, a six-inch iPhone, let's say it. I don't know if that's going to help. I'm, you know, is it a case of maybe it's time to start looking at using voiceover instead? <gasps> but yeah, well, you know. Well, I, it also I, may be a hands-free thing. Like if she wants to be able to have her phone on the desk and read without necessarily holding her phone in her hand. I mean, there are all sorts of reasons why you might exactly, place a yeah. you know magnific- magnifier screen. Yeah, Sean. But it's okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> but also, I mean, that is such. That I find it really hard to justify that kind of price for a video magnifier. I mean, I mean, is there a way we could maybe mirror out to an Apple TV to a big screen TV, or are we? You know, I'm always looking for hey, that's that not ad a bad hoc, idea. Cheap that's, way. You know, well, or she could get an idea. iPad. That's another option if she's unhappy in the iOS universe. Get an iPad, so you're not necessarily... I mean, the most of the things, except for actually making a phone call, all the things you want to do on your phone, you can do on an iPad, and if you're wanting to read. And you can get, as I was was talking about before, you can get iPad stands that will put the screen either at a nice 45-degree angle or flat or whatever angle you like. If you can find a stand, then the positioning of the monitor is entirely up to you. So Apple sell this thing. I've got it here, actually. And funnily enough, I'm using it today for the first time with this program because... I use this, um, this is for the iPad Pro, so it's USB-C, so it's not appropriate for the the iPhone, but you do get an iPhone equivalent. And it's it's like a digital AV adapter. So it's it's got a port there, you can plug in the power, and you can plug in an HDMI, and there's another port, but I can't remember. I think it's a USB. I could be wrong. Um, But there's another port there as well, and that allows me to connect HDMI to the iPad, which I could also do with the iPhone You could do with AirPlay, you could, yeah. Well, that's right, but if I don't have Either an way. Apple TV, I could do it with uh, I could do it with that, and it would connect it to a big TV. That might not be a bad idea, John. For once, you were useful there. Well, thank done. you, thank you very much. It's just that cost. If if a, a magnifier yeah. is great, a CCTV is great, but the price of them now, there, there's I think there's other alternatives. You can buy such a, an amazing massive TV for you know hundreds of dollars rather than spending thousands on a. Uh, I don't know. I know. I know they have their place. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> you don't get Netflix and a Connect Twelve, uh, but interestingly, uh, my wife's got one and, and she raves about it. The camera is very good. The screen is very good. It's using a Samsung yeah. tablet, 
so the screens on those, as you know, are very, very good. Okay, let's get another uh, voicemail. This one from Tiffany. I, I always feel better when Tiffany gets in touch. I, I know the world is safe. We, we know that Joe Biden will be president of the United States. Fake news, of course, as we know. But, you know, we'll go with it for now. Uh, and Tiffany's been in touch with the show. Hi, uh, this is Tiffany Mulvin again with the message. You can play this on your show. So, and this week when Sean mentioned, you know, the tech he had in his drawers, you mentioned that fire tablet. Oh, yeah. Has the screen reader on that gotten any better? Because I had one a few years ago, one of the $50 tablets, um. and I couldn't get the screen reader. I thought it was kind of clumsy, but I couldn't even turn it on independently, and sometimes it would randomly shut off, and of course, you don't have something like Siri to turn it on, so I'd have to take it to a sighted person to get it turned back on, so I eventually sold it after about a week. So has that got any better? And if it has, what do you use it for? Because if they fixed it, I wouldn't mind to get another one, but, you know, what do you use it for? I'm curious. As for the new iPhone, I think the feature on the 12 Pro, I think you said it was, is neat with the, the LiDAR, you know, that have you know how far people are from you. If I were to get a new one from this year, I'd probably go with the 12 Mini because I'll be honest with you. I prefer a smaller phone, and I'm cheap, so that's what I would go with. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have a drawer full of phones like Mark does. Um, I wish yeah, I did. Um, having some trouble with mine, I have to send it back to Apple, so I've got a cheap flip phone to replace it with in the meantime, so at least I've got something, oh. so it's kind of like a step backwards. But, you know, that drawer full of phones or even one extra phone, uh, that could come in handy. Send her a phone, Mark. Yeah, I send her a phone. iPhone 4? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of those here. Yeah, yeah. iPhone four here. Uh, essential phone? No, that do. What? What is that? Essential? You, you never heard of the essential phone? No. Is was it essential? It, it, was, it, was, it was. It was actually. It was. It's it was, Android. Uh, of course, he hasn't. It's an Android that. phone. It, it, oh, was, right, um, it was. Uh, was it Andy Rubin? I think from <laughs> Google who created this company yeah, and put up right. the essential phone. It was a, really quite good. a good phone. It's stock Android. It was really good. It still is pretty good. Um, magnetic attachments on the back, which was pretty fun, but. Uh, the, oh, uh, right. This isn't QVC. Calm down. Okay. Um, right. Okay. Let's uh, let's this get into limited this. edition phone is brought to you by <laughs> the beautiful shiny screen has stuff on it. Um, yeah, I think um, I think the iPhone the, the iPhone with lidar and this people detection feature that we were talking about last week is quite interesting. So I got uh, fourteen point two. Uh, iOS 14.2. Well, it's actually iPad OS 14.2 onto the iPad Pro. How many times can I say 14.2 in a sentence? A lot, it would appear. Um, and I had to really dig around to find this people detection setting. Have you tried to find it, Shelley, on any device? It is ridiculously It is well in hidden. Magnifier, uh, yeah. which is interesting because, as and I have actually, I, I've got a review of that coming out on the next episode of Parallel, uh, where I actually pointed at people and say, oh, look, there's a person. Cheap plug. Very cheap plug. (laughs) It's in Magnifier, which, if you're blind, doesn't make sense, because you're not going to open up Magnifier. If you are low vision, you'll be like, oh. And then you have to have the 12 Pro. The only three devices it works on right now are the 12 Pro, the 12 Pro Max, which nobody has yet, and the the iPad Pro. So I'm going to walk around with my 12.9-inch iPad Pro and Magnifier, (laughs) and I'm going to look for people. That's good. good. But but to be fair, like this is... I feel like this feature is, it's kind of a proof of concept. Like, I think a lot of people would be like, well, wait, would I buy a 12 Pro just for a feature like that? Or am I destined to just continue to sit on people on the bus uh, or, or, or do my social so. distancing correct? But I think it's a proof of concept. I think Apple has more things planned with LiDAR. And oh, I think yeah. basically what they're saying to us is, 
we haven't forgot about accessibility in terms of LIDAR. I mean, LIDAR, don't forget, is what makes it possible for autonomous cars to be autonomous because it looks at the surroundings and says, oh, I don't want to run into that child, bicycle, dog, tree, whatever. Blind person. Blind person. Well, maybe the blind person. I don't know if LIDAR is smart (laughs) enough to identify us or not, but one would hope. (laughs) I I set it up on mine, and um, the the funniest thing about it was there was no one in the house when I actually finally got the setting to Not even the dog? Not even the dog was here. Nobody was here. I tried it on my cat. It does not identify a cat as a person. It was actually very good at just Cat approaching. Cat approaching. Although image description will identify a cat that's on your couch. That demo is coming up as well. <laughs> well you know, guys, I, not- saw, I saw a very cool demo of, of LiDAR uh, on YouTube. I'll try to find the link so we can tweet it out. But it was someone who, who they, they held their – using the iPad, they scanned objects in their room and it immediately duplicated that object in real, in real time in AR. And they could oh, – wow. like, so if you had a photo on the wall, you wanted to see what it would look like on another place on the wall, you would just – hold it up against the photo. It would take oh, about no. two seconds to scan it, and then you could p- point it at somewhere else in the room and put it up on the, on the wall. Just my a cool mother, kind of proof of concept. My mother yeah. moves furniture in her home on an oh. almost religious basis. So, you know, this, this would be good, actually. That's well. just a bad joke. <laughs> well, it is. And it's just, is that it's just, just to annoy, annoy her son? Is that yeah. why she yeah. does it? Yeah, it's like, you know, please yeah, keep, keep everything going where back. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully one day you'll never return. Um, okay, let's get another email in. Uh, or another hang voice on, message, hang say. on. Let, let me just say the the voice view on the Amazon Fire tablet oh, has yeah, that improved yeah. a lot, and no, you can not. turn. Well, uh, look, look. The I still don't use it. That's why it was in my drawer. <laughs> but that's because I, I find it a little bit clunky. Some of the apps are a little bit clunky. But voice view has improved, and you can turn it on and or off uh, with outside assistance. You can just triple click the power button to turn voice view on or off and um, Do you know what yeah, I think I might I might have gone a little bit overboard uh, taking the mickey out of it last week and I, I want to apologize for that actually because truthfully right. I um I think it's a brilliant uh, – I got chastised by someone during the week, so this is where it came from. Uh, someone said, you're a bit harsh on the on the old uh, Amazon Fire tablet there. And I said, well, look, I, I just – I think because my experience has always been iPad or iPhone, you get a great experience. But then that's what I'm paying for. Whereas yes. this is a fantastic entry point for somebody who's new to voice view. And when I think back to when I started out with voiceover, how slow my voice was – how slow my gestures were, my swipes were. So when it comes to it, actually, this is probably a great device to learn on, get used to that experience of what using a touchscreen device with a, a screen reader is. So, you know, I was being a bit harsh on it last time. I apologize for that. I actually think it is a really worthwhile device if you're getting into that world. If, I have, if however, you're into the Apple ecosystem, system, then perhaps the iPad is, is a better way to go because it's more familiar uh, for you. But um, yeah, anyway, there I you have go. one. Uh, Mine's on my couch. It's not in a drawer, but I have one. And I will, the one, and the only reason I chime in about it is that the one thing about it that I really like, and I haven't used it in a long time because I haven't needed to, to do this function, but Kindle app on the Fire tablet has its own voiced screen reader. Mm-hmm. And I like it for reading Kindle books that if they're not available in Audible or something like that. And I prefer the voice and I prefer the pacing and just the settings to voiceover, as well as there's a good uh, contrast setting for low vision. So it's a light, it's a physically lightweight device. It's, you know, really, really small, like a seven inch tablet. And so as something to read Kindle books, either with my vision or with voice, 
it's kind of, and I've already got it, so I might as well use it for that, exactly, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, let's get another voicemail in. This one from Michael. It's Michael. Wanted to just drop you guys a quick voicemail, boost your egos a little, oh. and say, I hope your spending moratorium did not last long, because I'm very intrigued by what <laughs> each and every one of you have acquired. And you did make me consider slightly <laughs> the ability to go pick up a Facebook portal. I'm not sure that I'm sold on it yet, but that's it's not convinced. And I'm glad to know that it was accessible uh, from out of the box. And mm. that's all I got. That's all I can come up with for you guys. Keep up the awesome work. And I look forward to hearing the <coughs> next episode of Double Tap Canada. Do, do, do. Oh, oh and Sean, very good. No, I oh, knew oh. that Drafts was on the iPhone. Uh, I switched back to the iPhone because it was on the iPhone. Mm. I was asking oh. if you specifically had tried it out, but you answered oh. my question, so I'm glad you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a conversation for you. What are you amazing gentlemen doing with widgets? Mm. Mm. On iOS 14. The only widget I'm using is the battery widget. <laughs> <laughs> I use the calendar widget, the calendar and the weather widget. Those are fun. I yep, don't. Me too. Do, I don't do widgets. Well, you know what it is. I, I find that it's widgets are great for glancing at. Yeah, quick information know, visually. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you got to swipe through and wait for it to be read out, then it's sort of. I might as well just double tap on the calendar app. But I do have the calendar widget on, and it is okay. It shows me exactly what I've got on that day, which is nothing. So that's always good. But yeah, I think screen readers and, and information in widget. It, there's not a much of a, a time saver. Do you, do you find either of you, any of you guys uh, or, or gals, of course, uh, Charlie? I'll let you go first because you know well done, we, we we are we are you know politically correct here. Um, are you? Do you find yourself um, less cluttered on your phone screen? Have you moved everything kind of off the home screen and let it live in the app library? So if I'm going to move everything off the phone screen, I'm going to have to take time to do that. So I might as well just leave the phone screen that I'm relatively <laughs> happy with as it is, as opposed to decluttering, which is another whole process. I mean, I you know I, I haven't. I've, I've thought about putting widgets on the phone, and I, I'm one who would like widgets to be integrated into the iPad home screen because I think I would yeah. use them more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, yeah. So, it's so funny that they're, they're over there on the side, and I have a drafts widget that I really like on the iPad yeah, on so the annoying. phone. Yeah, on the phone I use a Fantastical widget, but as you say, I have to swipe over to Today View, and I'm thinking about putting that one on the home screen of my phone, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I agree with uh, Shelley. Well, I well, I haven't tried them yet, but I'm about six months behind everyone else on everything anyway. So you know, I'll get to a point. I will. I promise you, in six months' time, I'll say, "Hey guys, have you tried these widgets? They're amazing." <laughs> And then uh, they'll take them out of iOS 15. Then and they'll be like, exactly. Wait, wait. Yeah, like, yeah. widgets so last Forget year. It. <laughs> Who uses that? Uh, listen, it's been great having you on, Shelley. Uh, we want to do this more with you because this is this is great. And I think you do bring such an important perspective to the show uh, from that low vision angle because uh, we are often we, – we could – we criticize ourselves mainly about this, don't we, Sean? But we say we talk about voiceover so much. But what about people who don't yeah. use voiceover, right? There's lots of people out there uh, who don't use that. So, yeah, I really thank you for coming on and sharing that view with us. Uh, tell everyone again where we can listen to you, podcasts and, and whatever else. Taking a deep breath. So – you can find Parallel at Relay.fm slash Parallel. You can go to MaxAccessibility.net for that show. You can follow me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. And last but not least, iOSAccessBook.com. That 
iOS 14.2 version will be coming out any time now. Oh, I can't wait. I love that book. Love it. Uh, listen, thanks again, Shelley, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having that's me. That's it for Double Tap Canada for this week. Keep in touch, as always, 844-971-1999 is the number. Leave us a voicemail, drop us a text, email feedback at ami.ca. Uh, Mark and Sean, as always, thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. And we'll catch you again next week for another Double Tap Canada, where I promise you we're going to get into the ABC of <sighs> USBs. He's it's done great. the feature. We've got to play it. We've got to play it. Thanks for listening, and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.